You're listening to the Systems Amy podcast, episode number 221. Today, we're going to be talking about the three steps to go from your dream to your team. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm so, so stoked to have this guest on the podcast today because she is going to be talking about really going from that solopreneur phase and dreaming about this magical team of unicorns who's going to help your whole life together, get your whole life together, and how to actually make that a reality, which is super exciting and fun. So with that being said, Kaylin, how are you today? Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited and I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Yeah, I'm super pumped for this combo. And before we dive into all the goodness, go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your business. Yeah. So a little bit about my story. I help entrepreneurs successfully step into their CEO role and help them know what that is. There's so many, you know, the the term CEO is now cliche in our online sphere, I feel like. And so I help them actually structure that for themselves, understand their leadership style and build their dream team so they can scale a dream company. I graduated with a degree in creative writing, which seemed like a facepalm decision to my parents, but it trained me to observe human beings. I remember a full semester we had to, our homework was just to sit for an hour every single week in the quad or at the mall and just write down what we saw in human beings. And so as I graduated with that degree and tried to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with a creative writing degree, I went in and out of so many businesses, so many jobs, trying to figure my life out. But what I actually did is I was learning for what I'm doing now. I observed teams. I observed my leaders. I observed the humans that were working together. And I saw businesses struggle. I saw teams struggle. And I saw that it all came down to really two things. And that's vision and leadership in equal measures. And I've seen what happens when those two are out of balance. When vision supersedes leadership, you really have a team that's highly motivated, but lacks action and leads to high turnover, a lot of loss of money. And you spend a ton of time in the hiring phase again and again and again, which just flushes money down the drain. When you have great leadership, um, and the CEO doesn't have a ton of great vision and strategy, you have a great team and you have great team relationships, but you ultimately get nothing done. And the reason I'm here, the reason I'm in business is because I was the one that the CEO called at midnight one night for emotional support as she decided to close down her business of five years. And I was there helping her navigate the conversations the next day as she called our team of 15 women across the country and let them know that they no longer had a job. And so that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing. I'm, I desperately want every entrepreneur to build a strong company from the ground up. And that includes putting themselves in the CEO seat and building a strong team around them and leading from their own unique strengths. So that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing and why I love what I do. Yes, absolutely. And so I'm super excited to get into today's topic of, again, We're talking about the three steps to go from your dream to your team. And for a lot of folks, it feels like a big jump. And there's a lot of 
fears around bringing people onto your team. And, and I've said this before, and I will say it again, bringing a team on is a whole nother personal development journey. Yes. One much deeper than a lot of the personality assessments. So, <laughs> you know, I think that it is absolutely one of the most, I don't even know, most fun. This is terrible. I'm in journalism person like I don't know, most fun funnest whatever thing that I've done in my business and I feel as if you know I would 110% not be where I am today if it was not for my team and my team is fairly new I have one team member who's been with me for almost a full year at this point um, and everyone else is within the last like you know few months um, or six months and so you know, it really is, you see and you build that momentum and that unity with a team. And then you're just like, this is amazing. I don't even understand how people can do this without a team anymore. But before we get into those three steps, let's talk about really what your clients' businesses look like before they actually even allow themselves to dream about what it would like for them, be for them to start hiring people. Yeah, absolutely. I think what a lot of people do is they get to a place of desperation where they have a solid product. They have a solid service that people want and they're working themselves to a place of desperation. We put off hiring for some reason, like we set goals, we set financial goals, we set income goals, we set client intake goals. We set all these goals, social media growth goals, but we don't set goals for growing our team. And I I don't really know why that is. And I think it's because it's functioning in a completely different reality. It's a new sphere. And every client that I talk to, one of the first things that we always address is fear. This concept or this innate lie or like string of belief systems of who am I to lead? I'm not meant to lead. I'm an introvert. Fill in the blank, whatever it is. I can't lead because. And that kind of leads us to believe that we're going to be a solopreneur forever or we're going to, we're, we're not even allowed to lead other people. We even feel guilty for thinking that we should lead other people. And so what we end up doing is that we just work and work and work and our businesses, our business grows. And then we get to a place where we're honestly desperate because we haven't taken any time off. And when we do, there's a dip in income because the business is built on top of us and that's just not sustainable. So a lot of times, you know, the client's business is strong. It looks strong, but the CEO, the solopreneur, the entrepreneur is kind of dying inside and they're struggling with fear. They're struggling with burnout, deep emotional, sometimes physical burnout. And it often manifests in hiring support via contractors or a string of coaches or even interns. And it just like, it's like this rotating door where they're just fluctuating and fluctuating. And maybe you're building a team of contractors around you. And it just, it feels like there is no breath of fresh air. There is no room to breathe. There's no room to think. And a lot of times my clients come to me having lost all passion and excitement for what they do. So to answer your question, the business sometimes looks great but it's the person behind the business that's really struggling and feeling all the weight. And I mean, I think that's where it starts. You have to recognize how you're contributing to your own fears, because if you allow circumstances or stories or whatever else from your past experiences or even your employee experiences of being like, you know, 
someone who's been micromanaged or someone who had a bad boss or whatever else, like a lot of times you carry that with you. And then you're afraid that you're going to be a bad boss and you're afraid that you're going to make your employees and your team, you know, whatever X, Y, Z. And that's just simply not true. You can break the cycle just because you've experienced something does not mean that you are going to do the exact same thing. I think that it's super important to identify, right? Like what you don't want to be just as much as what you do want to be. And, you know, I've been really blessed to be quite honest with a lot of really great leadership in different positions that I've had. And something that I recognized even in myself was every position I took before I became an entrepreneur was not filled by anyone else before I was there. And so I am used to, no surprise, creating a lot of SOPs and being that person. And that's honestly how I kind of honed my skill. And so I love that you touch on fear is the first thing you really have to identify and look at because it's really about bashing and squashing those fears so that you can be open and honest with yourself to receive all of the amazing, amazing benefits of having a team member and multiple team members then, right? So let's get into the actual three steps. So what's the first step? Yeah, well, first we need to understand and craft some vision for our company. So a lot of times when we're, we find ourselves in a place of hiring, we are clouded by desperation. We're looking through a lens of despair. And so what typically happens is we grab the first hand that comes along to help because we are in such desperation. So what we need to do is take a step back and cast some vision long-term and to understand that what we are doing is building a company. And that's not a bad word in the entrepreneurial space. A lot of times the word CEO is a little overused and we no longer know what it means. The word corporate's a curse word, but actually corporate and building a company means that we're drawing together a group of people to accomplish a vision and a mission that is greater than anything that we could do alone individually. We come together to accomplish something more together. And so you have to understand what your company is setting out to do and to get in the mindset that in order to accomplish this vision, I have to work with people to have more momentum, more strengths to, in order to accomplish it. Because the definition of vision is literally, what will the world look like? How will the world be changed from the work that you do? And that's powerful. And so we have to determine in our minds that we need to build a team to whatever that looks like. And when I say team, I don't mean a whole company of 50 people. It could literally look like three core team members, two core team members, one core team member who comes in and brings strengths that cooperate your own. And so we just have to cast vision. And so what that means is just answering a few questions. How would the world change when you accomplish what you're setting out to do? And your mission is what are you doing now? using the resources that you have available, money, time, knowledge, those are ultimately the only three resources that we as humans have on the planet to create a business. Time, money, knowledge, how are we using those right now to enact our mission, to move us toward that vision? And so we have to place ourselves into a position where we're casting vision further than what we currently know. Right now, we don't know how to lead a team. That's scary. There's a lot of fear there. It's a new reality. We have to become a different person in order to function in that space. But we can vision cast confidently there. So figure out what your company stands for. What are you going to be accomplishing? And think about your core values and not in the 
cliche, we have a hundred core values, integrity, team building, team togetherness, teamwork, honesty. Those are the basic traits of a great human being. That is the standard. We're hiring great human beings, but we want to know what your core values are. What are the three to five things that you want to be known for, that you want your team members to show up over and above anything else? For me, that looks like being the optimist, being the friend in every interaction, which means seeing the potential in other people and raising them up to my level of belief of them, and also means being the catalyst. So these are three ways that me and my team are called to really pour into my clients and our community above and beyond anything else. So that's basically the first step, casting vision for your company. What, what does it look like? What does it feel like? If it was a person that existed outside of you, which is basically what a corporate environment is, it is a collective personhood. It is a conglomeration of every unique individual personality, strength set that come together to create something dynamic and living. That is your company. What do you want it to look like? So cast some vision there. That's the first step. I love that. And I would love to actually hear if you have other companies or brands, it could be online. It can be like, you know, bigger corporate companies, like visions that you have been inspired by. Oh yeah. I can tell you about one in particular. So I use, and I, kind of sell a beauty counter. Not really. I mostly sell beauty counter to get the discount. (laughs) I love beauty counter. I also use them. I've used them for like three years. Yeah. I was using it for two years and I was like, why, if I'm using it this dedicatedly for this long, maybe I should do something about it. And so when I got their onboarding box, I got chill bumps And I immediately was boxing some of my business besties. And I was like, you won't believe this. You won't believe how inspiring this box is. And this box just communicated straight up their vision. And and they said, I can't even remember the exact wording, but on the front of the box, it says, we believe in a world where all beauty is safe beauty. And I'm I'm getting goosebumps even now. I'm like, yes, heck yes. I'm empowered From, from this one sentence. I see the vision. I see how the world will be different. All beauty is safe beauty. Yes, I'm here for it. Then I opened the box and it said, here's how we're doing this. We pour into, we advocate on the political front. So I know that this company that I'm advocating for is actually putting action behind their words on the political sphere. They're advocating for new laws that create safer beauty. They are leading the way in different kinds of testing and creation of products. And then they're also, they're creating educational guidelines for their advocates as well. And I don't know, like that was a vision that was so clearly communicated that I'm here on a podcast talking about it. So props to Beauty Counter. And I honestly can't think, maybe StoryBrand, Story brand is another really powerful story-based, like vision-focused company that I understand their vision and I can communicate it. But man, Beauty Counter, like I read, I opened that box once and threw it away and I'm still here months from now talking about it. So that's one that I really, really felt. I'm still getting goosebumps. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything. You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. 
Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you catch my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, story brand is another good one. Like seeing how they position themselves and it does feel like they are such a a cohesive, clear, like example of when you are so rooted in your vision, this is how it shows up and it's magnetizing. And I think Beauty Counter also is a great example for that too. So definitely if you guys haven't heard of either of those, go and check them out. You don't need to buy anything from them, but just be inspired by how they again show up and how you know what their overall vision is pretty dang quickly, whether you go to their website, whether you go to their Instagram, but definitely go and check those out. Those were great. All right. What is the next step? Yeah, now we have to really start shaping our own role as CEO. And I started talking about this on Instagram and, and realized that nobody really knows what, what a CEO does. No, no one really knows what the term CEO means because I think our online space has really taken it and run with it. And they, when you think CEO, it's usually paired with CEO days or CEO time. And so we think that we can compartmentalize this leadership of our company when really what being CEO is, is a different way of thinking. It's a different way of operating entirely. And so even on the first day of opening our doors, we should be functioning as CEO, even if we're a solopreneur. We are the CEO of our business because what the CEO does is they are responsible for the work of the future. They're the ones who are always scouting, observing, evaluating, and ultimately decision-making. They're the ones that navigate on a large scale the direction of the company to make sure that it is staying in alignment with the vision and the mission that they are pursuing. So that's the ultimate role of a CEO. And there's different ways or different tasks and ways to do that. And that's why CEO days are important. But being the CEO is not compartmentalized to those days only. And so we have to start looking at what do you need to start infusing into your own role And when you hire, what are you going to be doing more of? You know, your business is calling you to step into a greater role as CEO. So what are you going to do with your time when you hire somebody? You're not going to watch Netflix. You're not going to go sleep in later unless you are chronically sleep deprived because you're burnt out. Then maybe you do need to to take some more naps, but you're not going to be not using that time. Your business is calling you to step into a more lucrative role. So what does that mean? What what are the things that are stealing from your company because you are spending your time doing something that you don't need to be doing? How are you stealing from your company? If you had to put an hourly rate, I listened to a podcast one time and I think it was James Wedmore's podcast. He was interviewing several of his friends, I think, and they were all millionaires. And he asked them what one mindset 
shift or what one habit would they directly attribute to their success? And one of them said, I know my hourly rate. And I thought, hmm, do I know my hourly rate? I sure don't. And so this is something that we have to experiment with and kind of feel out what our hourly rate is. But every CEO should know their hourly rate. So if you're spending an hour doing graphics on Instagram or for Instagram and your hourly rate is 250 per hour or 400 per hour, I have no idea, is that worth it? Do you need to be spending that time or how are you stealing money from your company by stealing your own time. And so we have to really look at our own role in a new light. And, you know, we don't have to shift ourselves to CEO where we're only making decisions all the time. And that's our only task on our plate overnight. It can be a process. So at every step of the way, how are you wanting to advance your own career? How are you going to make your own role more lucrative, more impactful, more movement making? And as you shift, in what areas do you need to bring on more support and new hires? I always think of a CEO as the person who creates the momentum and then rallies a team alongside them to sustain the momentum that is being built. I think that's so, so important. And, you know, it goes well with the first step as well. And I think, again, it's pretty much wrapped up and super clear. And so I'm super excited to see what the third step is for everyone to go in and implement. Yeah. And that's just to identify what support you can immediately bring on. So we can go deeper into this, but I want everyone to start looking at their business model. How, like, what is your actual product? Think of your service-based business. If you're a service-based business as a product-based business, you have a beginning and an end. You create a transformation. There is a process to doing what you do. That is what you're selling in your company. I think a lot of the major shift that people have to make when they're going from solopreneur to CEO to building a team, we have to realize that we are not our product. I, Kaylin Thompson, am not the product of Joy to Lead. When you purchase something from Joy to Lead, it is not me. You are purchasing my process, the way that I facilitate transformation, and you are purchasing the transformation that I provide. Just like buying a pan or a pot off of Amazon, you know, you are going to be purchasing a tool that can help you make bacon, which provides you a delicious breakfast. You have to look at your process as a whole. How do you take people from beginning to end? That is your proprietary process that you are selling in your business. And so when you look at that, you can start seeing opportunities and areas to bring in new hires and start training people in a certain area and slowly stepping yourself out of that. And so for myself, I can start seeing areas where I can maybe even bring in a coach under me and start training them in my process as I perfect how I serve my clients, even as a service provider, as a consultant and a coach. Yes, I can do that. And I'm also hiring for a marketing intern to take the lead on marketing projects, how I bring people into working with me. And so once you see that all laid out from beginning to end, you know, what is the point at the very beginning where people go from not knowing you to knowing you all the way to receiving their transformation and heading on their way. Map that out in its entirety and realize as a solopreneur, you are facilitating 
all of that, it's really eye-opening when I sit down with a client and we map that all out and they're like, holy crap, I'm doing so much more than I thought I was. I'm seeing so many opportunities to bring people on and shift myself into a new role. So map that out, map it out from beginning to end and start identifying opportunities to bring people on and to shift yourself away from being the foundation of your business. Stop building a business on top of yourself. I wrote a post the other day that I'm really passionate about this concept of we don't build a team to get ourselves out of the business. We don't build a team to get ourselves out of the weeds just so we can start doing more things that we want to do. We build a team so we can get the business out of ourselves because right now it is living off of us. It's feeding off of us. And as we grow, it's important to start pulling that out, systematizing it and making a thing that can live and breathe a company that can survive outside of us. It's almost like having a baby. I mean, it really is. If you're a solopreneur, you're in that nine month phase where you're carrying it inside of you. It's a really important phase, but at some point you're going to have to give birth. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I mean, it's so well put because it can feel very empowering and frightening to, you know, have your business rely on you so heavily. And then all of a sudden, everything can be run without you. And and it's also hilarious because, you know, there's been a month where I've had to step back in a lot of ways in my business for personal reasons. And that was my biggest, like, month financially, which is so fascinating because my team is on it. And it was such a refreshing experience because I think, and again, I am not somebody who I would consider like, you know, a, a total like driver and like, go, go, go hard work all the time. And so the fact that I was able to rest and also be an example of you know, if there's things going on in your life and you need to take mental health checks, you need to step away, you can do that on this team because I value you as a human and like, we're going to be okay. Like we know how things operate. We can step in where need be. And we're so far ahead in a lot of our to do's that you can take a day or two and it's not going to throw off, you know, everybody else's workflow, which is really reassuring. And so if you are like, hyperventilating over the fact that, you know, you're having to separate yourself from your business. Like everybody feels that like this is, you're not alone in this. And this is not something that you can just skip over as you start to build your team. And so, you know, I would love to, to get your take Kaylin on again, with that understanding of starting to peel stuff away from you and letting things happen without you, you know, how do you or how have your clients really started to be comfortable with that? And what are some of the things that they've done to help reassure them that one, like their business can run without them. And two, like that people coming onto the team aren't going to come in and mess everything up and not have the same standards as you because that's not true. And I, my team is living proof of that. That is why the hiring process is so important. You know, I keep having calls even with current clients that are like, oh, this is why we take so long to head into the hiring process. This is why it's so important. This is why it carries so much weight. And 
you know, when we go slower, when we take time, that's when we can really allow ourselves to look around, to do a gut check, to feel things out, and then also compare it with data. So I think it comes down to really internalizing that shift that you don't need to build a business on top of yourself. You are building a team to get the business out of you. And I think what we have to understand is that we're not going to know what it's like until we do it. And so honestly, sometimes you have to walk into the hiring process scared. You have to go into this new reality a little scared. And you have to, if you wait until you're not scared, you're never going to do it. It's like having kids. If you wait until you're ready, that's never going to happen. You have to head into it with a little bit of fear, but paired with strategy. I'm going to do this right. I'm going to go intentionally every step of the way, especially for your first hire. As you keep making new and new hires and you really tone and hone that muscle, it'll come a lot more naturally for you. But understand that your first hire is going to be kind of scary. And that's okay because you are stretching yourself to a new level of functionality. You are literally like climbing a staircase to operate at an entirely new level in the home that you're building. And it's scary. You know, you have to become a different person, but we also have to understand once you do that, once you bring on the right hire and they start to anticipate your needs, this is one thing that I love watching with my clients when they finally hire somebody who has anticipated their needs and has already addressed something before they themselves sometimes even know it, they come to me and they're like, how can I hire again? How can I keep making this happen? Because this is amazing. My team members are thriving. They love it. They're blowing me away every single day. Once you get a taste of that, I don't know, all fear goes away and it turns, team building turns into an adventure. And this is what I admire and I see in you, Jordan, is that you literally said uh, you were on my podcast the other day on the joy to lead podcast. And you mentioned that you see your business as like this playground for dope scientists. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like business is an adventure. We have to be passionate and a little bit risk-taking. And that's what hiring is. You're not going to hire correctly every single time, but if you're building your business strong from the ground up, you know, one wrong hire is not going to disintegrate all you've built but a million great hires will propel it further than it ever could. Amen to that. That's all I can say. Preach like, <laughs> all of the things that was so, so, so good. And so with those three steps, you know, are there any tools that we can just like geek out about when it comes to hiring? You know, do you use Airtable? Do you use Slack for team management? We can just kind of toss in some fun tools that people can learn about when it comes to hiring and managing your team. Yeah. So before, if you're getting ready to hire and you want to start structuring your own CEO role, I highly recommend doing a time audit. So I use the time tracker toggle and for a two week time span, I always have my clients do this track your time religiously, even if you are answering one email, even if you're, I don't know, doing an Instagram story, track your time and it kind of sucks for two weeks, but get it out of the way. And you'll start to see, especially as a solopreneur, everything that you're doing and exactly how much time it's taking you. Because once you see that, you're going to be able to start mapping out your future departments of your business. So as you map out your proprietary process, your business from beginning to end, your business foundation, 
you're going to be able to create a spreadsheet and plug in all those tasks and exactly how long it takes you in each, I guess, department, quote unquote department, your marketing department, your content creation department, your sales department, your onboarding and admin department, you're going to be able to take your time audit, copy and paste all those tasks and times and plop them into a spreadsheet. And once you do that, you're going to be able to see how, what literal tasks you can start taking off your plate and you can literally build your job descriptions from that spreadsheet and it's so good to revisit over time and edit over time and it's a really good resource to have yeah what other tools yeah honestly i'm a creative writing major so i'm pretty simple <laughs> uh when it comes to systems and processes i'm like this is exactly what i'm hiring for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand. I mean, I think, again, we like to nerd out, but we understand that not everybody is going to be, you know, drooling at the bits to mess around with Airtable spreadsheets or whatever. <laughs> so we totally get that. So also tell the listeners if they're wanting to dive deeper into this, then where can they find more information on how to really uh, show up and start to really think about what team members that they want to have? Yeah, you can find me and all my juiciest content over on the Joy to Lead podcast. That's on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, all the things. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Joy to Lead. Those are the two places that I primarily hang out, honestly, Instagram and my podcast. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we'll have all the links in the show notes for you to go and let Kaylin know what takeaways you have from the episode. And again, thank you so, so much again for being on the podcast, Kaylin. Thank you, Jordan. It was a blessing. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.